morning, uh, everyone. It's good to be together. Um, if you're new here, my name is Chase, um, and I get to serve as the lead pastor here, and I am glad. Pops, you always, you start that. No. <laughs> um, it is good to be together. Uh, this is the first Sunday of Advent, which some of you grew up with Advent as a part of your church calendar, um, and some of us did not. That's kind of one of the joys of being at a multicultural, multi-ethnic family. Like, I didn't even know Advent was a thing until I was, like, in my late 20s. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> um, so, uh, by just like a show of, like, of a quick wave, how many of us grew up with, like, Advent? You heard the word Advent growing up. Yeah, that's some of us. Um, and... So for those of us for whom that language would be new, it is uh, Advent simply means anticipation. It is the anticipation of Messiah's coming, right? So this, t this time that the church celebrates and remembers every single year is an anticipation of Christ's first coming, but I think it's also important for us to recognize that it's not just the first coming that we have anticipation for. We have anticipation for Messiah's return as well, right? And so when we remember or when we talk about Advent here, we kind of navigate the tension of both, right? Like we're getting ready for Christmas. Yay! <laughs> right? Um, uh, some of you have been around me when my cell phone rings. And all year round, I have the Charlie Brown, like all year round, that's just like my way of always being ready for Christmas, because Christmas can fall at any moment, right? <laughs> right? Wait, Advent, the anticipation of Christ's coming, Christmas can fall at any moment. Y'all didn't, didn't catch it the first time. Y'all didn't catch it the first time. <laughs> so I need Charlie Brown to keep me ready, okay? <laughs> keep me ready for when Christ comes back. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, my favorite thing to sing around this time is also from Charlie Brown. Christmas time is here, right? <laughs> like I start singing that like right around, like after Thanksgiving, I start waking up. Christmas time is here. <laughs> uh, so, over the next few weeks, we will be remembering Advent, um, kind of putting ourselves in that place of preparing ourselves, not for celebrating in the way that the culture around us does. Yes, that's cool. Get your tree, get your presents, get all those things. That's great but also let us as the body of Christ prepare our hearts for worshiping and celebrating the moment in which history, be, like our whole existence changed with the coming of Christ. And that is something we're celebrating all year round, but let's hyper-focus on it now. So last year, um, first week of Advent, is the week where we remember the hope of the prophets. That's kind of that first, if you lit candles or you had a wreath with the bulbs, this would be a purple candle that would be lit right now. And it represents the hope 
of the prophets in the first coming of Messiah. And I preached a sermon called Hope is Here. Be honest with you, I don't do well with traditions. I just, I just don't. I actually struggle with traditions, not because there's anything wrong with them. It's just I didn't grow up with a whole lot of traditions. I didn't grow up with, like, we do the same thing every year around this time. So as I was preparing this sermon, I went back to the notes from last year to see what I preached, honestly, so I didn't preach the same thing. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, preach the same thing. I was like, no, God, please don't make me. (laughs) Please don't make me preach the same thing. That feels so uncomfortable. I was like, nope. And then as I started reading the passage of Scripture, it was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. So it's a similar sermon. Uh, If you are um, listening on the podcast, then it's hope is here, too. (laughs) Uh, but I showed you this picture last week. We'll be in Romans chapter 5, by the, by the way. Um, I showed you this picture. Of, you get that picture of last year. Because last year around this time, there was uh, on the news, hope is here. And it was talking about the vaccine. Like some of us remember around December, like, the, you know, the Pfizer and Moderna were getting the emergency use, right, stuff. And you can't really see it from here. Uh, by the way, we did get some larger TVs, and some of you all saw that coming in, so those will be up soon, which, look, is great. Um, but on the signs, right behind this, uh, brought this um, news anchor, it says, hope is here, talking about the vaccine. That was... A year ago, around this time, the first week of Advent, I was watching the news and I saw that. I was like, oh, that's perfect for this Sunday. And then uh, the truth is a very similar thing came out a few weeks ago as the vaccine got approval for kids. Um, It was this picture. Hope is in the air. I will continue to reiterate the fact that, like, as a church family, our hope and or thoughts about this vaccine are not something that it's like reality is all of us have different needs and different things that we're doing about the vaccine. That's actually not what I'm preaching about. But I do, again, for the second year in a row, draw our attention to the fact that our world uses the word hope about a lot of things, (laughs) about a lot of things. And for many people, for many people who have had their world turned upside down over the last year, year and a half, the only hope they have had to look forward to came in a vial. And so they can have on the news hope is here because some people's, their whole existence has been turned upside down because of the pandemic. And for some of those who have had children, it's like, oh, I'm just waiting for the moment, waiting for my life to be able to grasp my life again when the kids are able to get vaccinated too. And they have been hoping and waiting and hoping and 
Hope is in the air for them. But for us, there should be something that's a little bit different for us as believers. Just so that we're clear, that isn't in contradiction to getting a vaccine. Oh, actually, I got it. <laughs> it's cool. But my hope isn't in it. Our hope isn't in any of the things in which we see around us that show up on the news. Our hope isn't in any vile or any situation in which we can actually even touch with our hands. Our hope is somewhere different. And as we talk about and think about hope, let's not be drawn by the waves that come and go with hope around us. Because just like the word love, our world uses hope in some really interesting ways. This is hope in some very interesting ways. And so we have to have the same vocabulary when we're talking about hope at church. We have to know that what we're talking about, we're not talking about hope in the same way perhaps we've seen on our favorite sitcom. We're talking about hope from a biblical concept, a biblical standpoint. In Romans chapter 8, verse 15, Paul is writing to the church of Rome and he's talking to them about this spirit that they have received from Christ. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. Abba is just daddy. Have you ever... So we're going to pause there for a moment because the first part, this is a little bit of a contrast that Paul is painting here. You didn't receive a spirit that makes you fearful. You received a spirit that made you confident in your relationship. So confident that you don't just put on your prayer voice. Heavenly Father, we come to thee. There ain't nothing wrong with it. I'm okay with that. But we received a spirit that made us confident enough to be able to say, yo, daddy, I am struggling. <laughs> daddy, I'm tired. Daddy, I'm scared. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share in his suffering. This is something, this is a portion of scripture that we will quote to one another often. But here's the context of it. Yet when we suffer, excuse me, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. I'm pausing. That waiting eagerly is an important piece when we start to talk about hope. 
waiting eagerly. See, from a biblical standpoint, hope is very similar in that it, I, there is something I anticipate happening, but there is a difference in that this eager anticipation from, as Scripture describes it, is, more, is about how God is revealing himself in the earth. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. One of my favorite things about Scripture is that it points out that we're not the only things suffering on this planet. And I, oftentimes I think as human beings, we get real selfish and arrogant, right? Like we're made in God's image, so we're the only things that matter, happens. That's a part of why we will use up all the resources in one area and then move away. <laughs> That's a part of why we'll hunt something to extinction and then like, ah, well, we ain't need it anyway. <laughs> it's just the truth. Like, we're the ones made in God's image, so elephants don't really matter. Use up all the tusks. But this is one of those portions of Scripture that paint a very different picture. All of creation is suffering and it waits with eager anticipation. Here's the thing. This is actually a funny part of Scripture to me. It's not that all of creation is waiting in eager anticipation for Christ to return. That's how we would like to read that, but that's actually not what it says. All of creation, dogs, bees, the wind, trees, rocks, the rivers, are waiting in anticipation for God's children to be revealed. And Paul already said that we are his children, having received his spirit. We're the ones waiting for Christ to return. Creation's waiting for us to do our job. That's all that, that's what Paul is saying. Creation isn't waiting for God to come back because we are supposed to be God's representation in the earth. That doesn't mean we are the hope of creation, no. But we represent the hope of creation. Our hope is in Christ's return. But all of creation's hope is in my responsibility as his ambassador until he returns. That's what Paul's getting at. Why am I saying that? Because as I was reading it, there's other news, there's other things in the news too. Other things in the news talking about animals dying. Other things in the news talking about how our climate is changing. Other things in the news, talking about our responsibility as human beings to the earth. Some of you are like, oh, where is he going? He's one of those liberals. He's on the left, I know it. Nope. I'm just saying what Paul is saying. 
to be honest with you, I was telling CJ, um, those of you who don't know who CJ is, he's our 15-year-old son, um, as we were looking at a documentary, everything that they project about what's happening with the earth, this says in Revelation. <laughs> Stuff being on fire is in Revelation. Animals dying is in Revelation. Pandemics is in Revelation. I'm like, liberal or not, it doesn't matter. It's happening because it's in Revelation. So, <laughs> but what Paul is saying is that every rock and bird is waiting in anticipation, not for the Savior to return, but for us to actually reveal Christ in us. We are the ones waiting for him to return. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. We are, we, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he has promised us. We are given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. Hope is an interesting concept in Scripture. Because it doesn't actually define hope differently than the world around us. It just places the center of that hope in a different place. See, hope as we would anticipate it in our world around us is actually what is going to get me over this hump? What is going to make me feel better right now? I'm hoping for this. I'm hoping for that. And hope from a biblical standpoint has everything to do with actually something that's already been embedded in us as believers. It's this weird thing of, I already have it, but I don't have it yet kind of hope. It's this idea, actually I painted this picture a few weeks ago talking about marriage. It's this idea that if you get married, you're one with your spouse, but kind of not yet. <laughs> it's this idea that just like... You can say the words and you're on your way in that place, but there's also some things that happen in between that actually solidify that oneness. And our hope in Christ and even our hope in our glorified selves or our hope in ourselves fully revealed as God's ambassadors is such that I'm there, but I'm still kind of getting worked on. And that's a weird place in Scripture. Hope is fragile. <laughs> spiritual hope is fragile why do I say that it's fragile because we place our hope in something that is actually not tangible and that is difficult to do that's a part of why the news can say hope is here talking about a vaccine because it's tangible I can see it and I was waiting and now it's here
A part of why it's easy for us to place our hope in something like a promotion at work is because I can work, 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 or work up until it gets there and then when it's there, ah, my hope has been revealed and my hope I get to receive all the things I was hoping for. And as believers, that's really not how hope works for us. I have hope in something I believe. And to be honest with you, day to day, how strongly I believe it is tested moment by moment. I said, as believers, as Christians, we're the ones waiting on Christ's return. To be completely honest, I've gone through seasons in my life where I was like, I don't even know if you really do it. You ain't coming back for real. Some of y'all are super saved, so y'all ain't never had that moment before. It's okay. I have had that moment. I'm going to just be real real quick because Paul was talking about Jesus coming back. Peter was talking about Jesus coming back. James, Jude, John, Stephen, Thomas, Mary, Mary, and the other Mary were all talking about Jesus coming back. And he ain't came back yet. <laughs> My grandmother was talking about Jesus coming back. I remember being in Sunday school when I was a kid talking about Jesus coming back. And I also remember reading in Revelation about how a part of Christ's return, a part of that is people just get weary and forget about him coming back. And I've actually gotten to that place too, where I don't actually hear a lot of people talk about Jesus coming back anymore. Have you noticed that? I think some of us have just got tired of people, pro, you know, forecasting it. He's coming back October 11th. Like, and then October 12th come around. <laughs> I guess they wouldn't even come back. <laughs> My dad and I used to sit in his office, and we'd have a moment where we're like, Jesus, come back right now, right now, right now. And then we'd laugh, he ain't come back. I actually don't remember the last time I strung the words together, Jesus is coming back. I don't remember the last time I said that, but I remember a time in my life where it happened every single week <laughs> on a Sunday. Jesus is coming back. I remember sing, singing songs about <laughs> Christ is coming back again. Like, <laughs> I literally remember singing songs about it, and nobody sings about it. Because our hope is fragile. We hope in something that we can't touch and we can't even fully describe it. And when we start to talk about it, we get anxious and we feel a little bit embarrassed because Paul was talking about Jesus coming back. And Peter was talking about Jesus coming back and they've been dead a long time. So we have a responsibility of protecting our hope. Just like the prophets hoped for Messiah's first coming and had no evidence of that coming, had no tangible way of saying Christ is going to be here this year 
at this time, they wrote about it and told each other about it and talked about it and fasted about it and prayed about it and had anticipation of something they could not touch and shared it over and over and over again. And a part of how they protected it wasn't hyping it up more than what they could. A part of protecting it was just holding it and saying, I don't know a whole lot. But this is what I believe. And Hebrews talks about what the very core of faith is. It is belief in something I can't see. And an eager anticipation of something that I hope for. Our hope is built on an abstract concept of faith And by definition, that makes it fragile. But Paul says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. (laughs) For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groaning that cannot be expressed in words. Some of y'all experienced that before. Some of you said, that's right. Some of us have experienced that before. If you haven't, just keep living. Now, the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. That that right there, right? I said it's fragile. I don't know what to ask for because I've literally asked Jesus, just come back. I promise you, at the beginning of uh, uh, the at the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, okay, Lord, just come back. <laughs> it's like, because I'm tired already. <laughs> just come back. And then when there was all of the stuff going on in the middle of 2020 with all of the race business, like, just come back, God. Listen, eh, I'm tired. Because if one more person die, listen, I'm tired. And then at the beginning of 2021, when my aunt passed away from COVID, oh, God, just come back. And then two weeks later, when my uncle did, just come back. And then a week later, when my cousin did, God, please just come back. Halfway through the year, I literally don't even know what to ask you, God. (laughs) Holy Spirit comes in in our weakness, intercedes for us, and prays on our behalf in accordance with the Father's will. I know everybody's year hasn't been difficult. I get it. But some of us have had a really challenging year. Some of us, the year our bodies have given out on us this year. Some of us, our relationships are on thin ice. Going into December, we're like, I have no idea what to even ask God for anymore. It's okay. It's in the Bible. You get to be in that place. You get to be in that place where you don't know what to ask God for. And you just sit there for a moment and say, Holy Spirit, you know what I need. (laughs) I'm going to just sit here. 
I don't even know what I need anymore. I thought I needed you to come back, but clearly that's not what I need. I thought I needed you to heal my body, but clearly that's not what I need today. I don't even know what I need anymore. I know what I want. Let me tell you what I want, and then I'm going to just sit here and groan for a minute. Our hope is fragile. Our hope is fragile. And to be completely honest with you, it would be much easier, and that's why our world around it does it, it would be much easier to point our hope towards something that eventually I'll be able to put my index finger on. Eventually, I'll be able to touch it. We have to protect our hope. And when we get weak and my faith is slipping, Holy Spirit, I do not know what to ask for. Last, last year, I told you, hope needs a vision. The idea of hope is that something that is not yet here will be. The very idea of hope is something that I can't quite prove or can't quite see will eventually be realized. The hope of the prophets was Messiah is coming to fix all that is broken. The hope of creation is that we will get out, we'll do our jobs as Christ's revealed ambassadors and as children of the Father, joint heirs with Christ. And our hope is that Christ will return and allow us to fully live that out. We have to paint pictures like that because if we just paint pictures for each other that God's going to deliver you out of your financial struggle that's cool there's nothing wrong with that but what happens if that takes a long time and your faith begins to slip we can paint pictures that God's going to heal your body but what happens when that takes longer than two weeks fam Our vision has to be something that's beyond and above just what's going to be a moment of relief and actually be what all of creation and all of history has been waiting for and anticipating. And that's a part of Advent. That's a part of Advent. A part of Advent, yes, we're getting ready for Christmas, but we are anticipating when God will return and turn all things that have been upside down right side up. And my issues with my finances no longer are an issue because they got turned right side up too. Not just in this moment, but period. My issues with my body, our bodies, the very cells that make up our body have been righted. My anticipation is not just 
something that will make me feel good, but that will make me good. Hope is fragile for us as believers. Hope is fragile. Protect it. Hope needs a vision. The last thing really is simple. We talk about it. Build your hope on Christ. Build your hope on Christ. We sing that song, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I shall not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly trust in Jesus' name. That's We've sang that before. It's actually one of my favorite worship songs. And I don't know that we sing it with the full power that that song actually has. That's not just to point to Christ as our hope. It's also denouncing all the other temptations that would cause me to put my hope in it. My hope isn't in anything else. My hope isn't in the next check I get from from Uncle Joe. My hope isn't in, will my income taxes come in on time this year? Because I ain't get mine till like August this year. Let me tell you what, my hope was dashed on the rocks when I was looking for it in May. <laughs> I was like, sorry, God, my hope wasn't in you. <laughs> oh, it's okay. We fam. We can be real. If I place my hope in Christ, then when the world around me is swaying and moving and waving and ebbing and flowing and being chaotic because that's what the world has always done since sin was a part of it, my hope isn't dashed on the rocks. And for some of us, this feels super high and abstract and I don't even know what to do when we are in our weakness. I don't even know how to put my hope in you, Christ. I don't even know what that really looks like. It's okay. You don't have to know what it looks like. Say this, Holy Spirit, I don't know what this looks like. I don't know. It's really difficult for me. That is not nearly concrete enough. He's talking and it's like Charlie Brown, want, want, want. Holy Spirit, I don't get it. Scripture says that that's what we get to do. And I will attest, I will say with full confidence, when I say I don't get it, God, the Holy Spirit does what the Holy Spirit does. It intercedes for me. And I'm saying with full confidence, not even after a long time, shortly after, I get it. I get it. Because I'm living based upon the hope that is actually prescribed to me in Scripture. My hope is in God to do what God does. Period. Let us be.
build our hope similar to the prophets let's build our hope on Christ and there's a confidence not arrogance confidence that we get to walk in as believers at that point I get to say daddy you know what you're doing daddy all right daddy it feels like let me be honest daddy it feels like you don't know what you're doing today but I trust you anyway some of y'all ain't never said anything like that to the father and y'all it's okay that's okay that's just us expressing some weakness The feeling is real. But as we say in our house, it's not rooted in truth. And so I get to allow the Holy Spirit to then reveal the truth that Daddy does know what he's doing. And then I'll, at the end of that, look back in hindsight and say, Daddy, you knew what you were doing. And so this Advent, may our hope in Christ be renewed. May our hope in Christ be renewed. And when we can't muster that up in ourselves, Holy Spirit, I don't know what to do. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we don't know what to do. Holy Spirit, we have run out of creative ideas. Holy Spirit, we have run out of energy to debate and to push and to be strong and to be whatever. Holy Spirit, we are exhausted. And declare with full transparency and confidence, Daddy, we're weak and tired and need you. Six months ago, I can admit and say I just wanted you. And now I know I'm at a place where I just absolutely need you. And I place my hope as much as I can squarely on you, Jesus. What I hoped in last night I put to the side what I hoped in last week I put to the side what I hoped in this morning I put to the side not because they were bad things but because they drew my hope from you and when they didn't show up on time my faith slipped and so, Father, give me grace to place my hope squarely on you, God. And when I don't know how, remind me that your word says that I can tell you I don't know how. And that you will pray in accordance of your will for me. God, we trust you. 
we can't see the way forward always, but we trust you. It's foggy, but we trust you. Give us the same kind of dedication that you gave our foremothers and forefathers and that they were willing to live their whole life trusting you for your return. God, as we prepare for the celebration of your first coming in this Advent season, prepare our hearts and give us grace to lay our hearts bare before you so that our hearts can be prepared. Give us discipline to block out the distractions of the world. May we share in all of the joy of giving and receiving gifts. May we share in all the joy of singing songs. May we share in all the joy of desserts and family dinners and get-togethers. May we share in all that joy and all of it is just garnish of the joy of your coming and the worship of you in spirit and in truth. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.